We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On the way, hit it hard, rebound, batted around. It's taken by Luca. He hits! He hits! With a second to go as he hits the deck. Tie 115. It worked! It totally worked! 10 assists, 21 rebounds, 47 minutes played. And now 60 points for the first time in Mavericks history. Hi, this is Luka Doncic, and you're listening to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. You can find me on Twitter at Dalton underscore Trigg. I'm joined today by my good friend and colleague at DallasBasketball.com, Grant Afseth. You can find him on Twitter as well, at Grant Afseth. Uh, Grant has done a ton of great work for us this year uh he's been going on the road a lot was at all-star weekend uh it's just been a really really busy but really fun year for dallasbasketball.com overall and for you specifically grant i know you've had a a good time with all that but how you doing today man i'm doing really uh well it's always uh it's always good when you have a a game later today (laughs) for sure oh yeah yeah these these in-between days have been killer lately for some reason. I guess that's how it gets when you're towards the end of the season. <laughs> oh, yeah, when those standings uh, are so tight. Uh, and, you uh, you know, I think the big thing is wanting to avoid the team that you write about uh, making the play in tournament is the big thing for sure. Yeah, and, I mean, look, they, they've still got a ways to go. Um, you know, 17 games, anything can happen because the standings are still so tight, like you said, but – yeah, it's it's been really disappointing here lately. Luca and Kyrie as a duo are pretty much unstoppable. Like they're they're putting up historic offensive numbers uh you know when they share the court together, but on the flip side of that, the defense has been you know non-existent and that's not just that's not just on them obviously. It's it's more of a, you know, how the team is constructed right now and some of the lineups that are being put out there, but you know, that's just the fact of the matter. You know, they're <laughs> they're capable of scoring 130 points per night, but, you know, they just might mess around and give up 132 uh, and lose the game. So that's what we're looking at with the Mavs right now. Uh, you know, I put this out there the other day, but of the Mavs' last nine losses, all of those nine losses have been by single digits. 
Uh, five of those losses have been by single possessions. So it's just, <laughs> it's just been brutal. Uh, you know, they're, they've built some big leads. They just haven't been able to hold on to those leads, which, I mean, that, I guess that's one positive you can take away from. It's like, hey, they're good enough to be building these big leads on some of these teams. They just haven't finished. Um, and, you know, they're 33 and 32 in the standings right now. They've lost six of eight. Uh, it's rough right now. It's rough. They got to find a way to finish. Uh, they got to find a way to, you know, hold on to some momentum uh, when they capture it. Because you know, I I'll get your take on this before we go into the the Jazz preview today. But during that Suns game, which regardless of the outcome was just outstanding. I mean, it, it, in my opinion, we all hyped it up heading into it. You know, the big rivalry, and now they've added. Uh, KD and Kyrie, it lived up to the hype, in my opinion. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that game. Very fun basketball game uh, at noon on Sunday. But, you know, the Mavs, they had control. I mean, they, they were up 93-85 to 85 with a little less than two minutes to go in the third quarter. And then, you know, it just imploded from there because uh, the Suns, they had Josh Kogi in for the majority of the – first three quarters and the Mavs kept leaving him open from the corners and he kept missing from the corners. And then, uh, Monty Williams finally said, okay, we're going to try something different and put Tory Craig in. And then Ish Wainwright was in there as well. And they just started nailing those open corner threes and, you know, uh, the Mavs didn't make any adjustments and it just all went downhill from there. So, uh, very unfortunate. And despite all of those mishaps, the Mavs still could have tied it at the end if Luca hadn't uncharacteristically missed a, a wide open uh, floater from about three feet out, so I mean, what, what's your initial reactions from that game, and you know, what was the atmosphere like at AAC on Sunday? Oh yeah, the atmosphere was crazy. I think my thought um, overall was just, uh, you know, seeing a team that's got um, so many threats uh, like the Suns. Um, fascinating to kind of think about how you know you can try to to slow them down. Um, like Kevin Durant is so big um, and the Mavs have struggled, um, you know, already with having matchups that are, uh, you know, probably the right, you know, size for their position, like who they're guarding, um, you know, like with the, you know, Josh Green at the three and Reggie Bullock at the four, that's probably one of the smallest uh, three fours, um, like starting in the league. And then you have the, a five with Dwight Powell. Um, like Kevin Durant's pretty comparable in like uh, size to the five that you're putting out there. Uh, it's going to be tough to stop them when they can just, you know, drive downhill, just pull up and shoot over you um, pretty consistently. Um, so it was kind of interesting to see that uh, like the strategy was put Luca on a, you know, a, a poor shooter and then kind of try to hide him on defense. And then, uh, you know, the game gets broken open when uh, that fifth starter starts hitting shots. Um, and, you know, just seeing in general, like not only do you have to account for those like kind of bigger perimeter guys, they were really worried about DeAndre Aiden, even though he didn't get a, like a ton of points or anything of that nature, the priority was very clear that they, uh, you know, they wanted to, to kind of send extra attention, uh, to the paint very often and shrink the floor. Well, Aiden, I mean, he killed the Mavs on the glass, like he usually always does. I mean, he had 16 rebounds in the game, even though he didn't, um, you know, didn't score that much. But, you know, I'm surprised the Mavs did 
as well as they did defensively, which, I mean, that's not saying much when you give up 130 points, I get. But <laughs> for sure. Uh, but I mean, there were times where they played better defensively than I expected, especially since uh, Maxi Kleba was was out. Uh, so I mean, I, I expect them to be better if he is. I'm I'm not going to jinx it, but you know, hopefully, it was just hamstring soreness, and you know, maybe he's going to be okay going forward as they continue to try and you know ease him back into it, but. He really does make a big difference, and he adds a big body. He's a big body that's capable of, you know, switching and guarding on the perimeter some too. But uh, the fact of the matter is he's a 30-year-old player who is coming off a hamstring tear, which is not a good combination. So you can't you can't rely on him like you used to. It's got to be a total team effort, and, you know, uh, that, that goes for Luka too. I mean, Luka's got to – Luca's got as good as Luca is, and it's not all on his shoulders. Obviously, he's got to pay more attention to detail, and you know, start focusing more on that end of the floor than than jawing at the ref so much. And maybe that'll never happen. Maybe that's just you know, maybe that's just his personality. It's we we're five years into this, and you know, it's kind of it's kind of seemed to get a little worse than it has gotten better. <laughs> so, For sure. Maybe. Maybe that's just who he is, I, and we're just, you know, yelling at a brick wall or something. I don't know. But, okay, so just looking at the standings here, uh, the Mavs are tied in the loss column with the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Timberwolves have one more win, though, and they also have the tiebreaker over the Mavs for the for the series. So uh, it says they're a half game ahead. They're really, we can say, like, you know, they're a game and a half ahead just because of that tiebreaker. So the Timberwolves are at six. Uh, the Mavs are at seventh right now. Uh, the Mavs are only two games behind the Suns uh, for home court advantage, and, you know, they ended the season series in a 2-2 tie, so I don't know how the tiebreakers go beyond the season series, but I think it might be division record. Um, but the Mavs, they're only two games behind fourth, and then you got the Clippers behind them. Uh, with 33 losses, so one more loss than the Mavs. Uh, and the Clippers are three and seven in their last ten. They've just been playing awful since <laughs> since Russell Westbrook joined the team. Um, and then you got the Utah Jazz, the Portland Trailblazers, the Lakers, and the Pelicans. All four teams playing for those last two play-in spots have the same exact record right now: 31 and 34. And the Mavs play two of those teams here in the next two days. They play the Utah Jazz uh, here on Tuesday night at American Airlines Center. And then they'll go to New Orleans tomorrow night and play the Pelicans, uh, a game that both of us are going to be attending. And it should be a fun night uh, in the Big Easy. So uh, let's start with the Jazz. What are you expecting at American Airlines Center after the Mavs had that really tough loss to the Suns? Yeah, I think some of the the stuff to kind of pay attention to, I think, uh, you know, Utah's a tough offense, even though they don't have a lot of, like, you know, star power like the Suns. Um, Laurie Markkinen puts a lot of pressure on the defense. He doesn't really need to, uh, you know, handle the basketball too much. Um, he gets a lot of quick shots off at the four. And then Walker Kessler's, you know, load to handle on the boards. Um, so those, those are going to be two, uh, like, challenging things to kind of account for. Um, 
and I guess just seeing how, you know, with, with this, you know, duo and, uh, you know, current version of the team in general, seeing how they kind of handle bounce backs um, and try to put together a game where it's not going to go down to the wire, like having a good win, I think uh, would be very important uh, for today. Well, and I'm, I'm, I'm just thrilled that the Jazz no longer have Jared Vanderbilt because he just – He's the type of player that just gives the Mavs fits. Um, they no longer have Malik Beasley, uh, who had some pretty good games against the Mavs in the past. And I'm just looking at this last box score from the last time these two teams played. And uh, it was before the trade deadline, but the you know the Mavs had already made their trade for Kyrie Irving. And the Mavs ended up winning – 124 to 111 in Utah. And that was that game where Josh Green and Jaden Hardy just went off. They both scored uh, career highs, 29 points uh, in that game. So that was a really fun game. I'm looking at the bot score here. All Jazz starters scored in double figures, uh, led by uh, Jordan Clarkson with 26. And then you had Rudy Gay and, let's see, Colin Sexton in double digits off the bench. So, um, it would be really nice to finally, you know, have an, another good Josh Green game uh, breaking out here with 17 games before the postseason because the last handful of games, he just, I don't know, man, ever since ever since the All-Star break, he's just kind of taken a, a step back, no pun intended. Uh, he's He just... I don't know, man. He, he doesn't seem like he's playing with the same type of aggression on offense. Uh, you know, it started with really where it started. It was very noticeable to me. It was when they played the, uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves. And it's almost like he had Rudy Gay uh, first round of the playoff flashbacks from last year uh, when he was on the Jazz. He just, you know, he was very hesitant going to the rim and you could tell he was kind of, I don't want to say scared because that sounds demeaning, but, you know, he was kind of – he was just hesitant trying to go to the rim and finish. So, I want to see a good bounce-back game from Josh Green. They really need him. You know, they can't – as much as we advocate for Josh Green starting, uh, it's kind of hard to continue doing that if he's going to put up a goose egg uh, in the scoring column in 28 minutes like he did in that last game against the Phoenix Sun. So, um, that's what I'm looking forward to. I want to see him have a big bounce-back game, but – What's some of the biggest keys you're looking at for this this Utah game tonight? Yeah, I think uh, overall just kind of seeing how uh, the Mavs continue to try to sort out their their defensive uh, execution, like little details against you know like a game that you're not going to gear up for, um, avoiding a letdown, um, you know by staying you know continue continually focused on those details um, is pretty important because you know this team like earlier in the year. Uh, I remember like quite a few losses against, you know, I guess you could say like, like not necessarily bad teams. Utah is better than that label, but not necessarily like the prime time. Like we're going to gear up for this game um, and really lock in type of opponent. And just seeing how like um, these units, I think without Kyrie and Luca on the court um, continue to execute. Um, Cause there's been times when, you know, it's only Kyrie on the floor and, you know, they've allowed big runs. And then lately, I think like the last game or two, uh, when it's only Luca on the floor, they've kind of had some odd lineups where there's a lot of guys that are one-dimensional or just kind of standing around around Luca, 
and you know it's relying on him to kind of carry a heavy load when you know you start off games and even with Kyrie on the court you're relying on him to do that um so it's like how they continue to find balance throughout games to um you know have Luca uh maintain some energy and then hopefully translate that into focus defensively I think are like a lot of like little details that go a long way and seeing how they handle that day to day is important yeah, I mean, look, the the Jazz, they're, they're no scrubs, like you said. I mean, they're, they're not necessarily an elite team, but they're not a bad team either. And, you know, they've actually beaten the Mavs once this year uh, already. So, uh, now given that was a different team, they haven't played each other since the trade. I'm looking at their roster, Grant, and I just – I mean, the Mavs, the Mavs might score 140 points in this game if, uh, you know, if they're, if they're on their mark, so to speak, after <laughs> – after what happened in the Phoenix game, because I just don't see anybody that can stop Luca and Kyrie. Uh, I feel like they could have a really big game, and I feel like this could come down to, uh, you know, as it usually does, are the Mavs role players hitting their shots? Because I don't see any anybody on this roster. Uh, you know, they they've got some bigger guys that they could try and put on Luca and attempt to bother him, but I don't see anybody that's gonna, you know stay in front of uh in in front of Kyrie. So all right, so I I'm not gonna get into predictions for this game because I feel like every time I've made a prediction over the last five games it has it has not come out well for the Mavs. So I'm just gonna lay off of that for now. Uh the next game in New Orleans. Uh we'll both be there for that one. That should be fun. It's always a fun time in New Orleans. One of the most uh you know, walkable big cities in the U.S. and, you know, always has a nice party vibe to it. And the King Center is always uh, really exciting no matter what. I mean, even even through all the Zion Williamson injuries and, you know, all the misfortune they've had with that over the last couple of years, that fan base is, uh, is real energetic and they love going in there and, and supporting the Pelicans. So, that one should be a fun one. Uh, I'm looking at the – hold on. Let me pull this up real quick. I was looking at the, the Pelicans' schedule. They have not been playing very well uh, without without Zion. Here, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. They've lost six of their last seven games. Uh, now, they've had some close ones in there. They had a close loss to the, uh, to the Raptors, and they had a uh, – nine-point loss to the Golden State Warriors a few days ago. And the most recent one was to the Kings last night, uh, 123 to 108. So, I mean, this team is capable of putting up points. Uh, You know, Ingram, he is a viable threat to the Mavs. But, you know, I I just – this is one of those games, again, that the Mavs should be able – to take handily given, you know, their star power versus what the the Pelicans are dealing with right now. And I believe the Pelicans are, I think, uh, Jose Alvarado, I think he's been injured lately. So he's, he's probably not going to be playing tomorrow night. I know it's the second night of a back to back, but man, uh, if the Mavs, if there was any time for the Mavs to pull off a sweep for a back to back, it would be right now because they desperately need it. uh, If they're going to, you know, have a chance at avoiding, the play-in tournament. So uh, I guess my question to you is for this New Orleans game, do you expect 
the Mavs to rest guys on the second night of a back-to-back, or have we gotten to the point of the season now where it's just like, okay, we can't afford to do that. I mean, we, we we've got to try, we've got to try and win both of these games and take advantage of the schedule now to avoid the play-in. Unless someone's like really, really impacted by something, I think we've definitely hit that part where, um, you know, sixty plus games in, you, you got to play. Um, you know, I think I've seen a couple teams, coaches, where it's like if this was October, November, uh, you know, player, you know, whatever wouldn't play. Um, so it's like, you know, if the Mavericks who've kind of struggled, uh, you know, to close out games and have you know left some potential on the table. Uh, with the standings in that regard, uh, were to sit out on the second half of back to back, I think that would be, um, yeah, that, that definitely would not be positive. So I think, uh, yeah, I think playing everyone you can play um, as much as possible down the stretch is very important this, this late for sure. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. And I know the Mavs are going to be on the second night of a back-to-back, but you know the Pelicans, they're coming off of a tough uh, three-game road trip. And, you know, we've seen it a handful of times this season where, you know, teams, they come back from a, a really tough road trip, and that first home game is is kind of weird for them. We've seen it with the Mavs. I've seen it with a, a handful of other teams throughout this year. So uh, I, I expect a good game, uh, regardless of, you know, whether both Kyrie and Luke are play or if one sits or whatever the case may be. I, I still think we'll end up with a pretty good game uh, in New Orleans. But – uh, it'll be good to see you, Grant. Uh, you know, we've been 
we've kind of had uh, been tentatively planning stuff like this for a while, but um, I think we'll have a good time in New Orleans, and then I'm going to be out there in, in Dallas uh, from, let's see, the 11th through the 15th. So it's going to be a fun week and a half here, and I think the, the Mavs have a chance to really put together some momentum because they got the Jazz, they got the Pelicans, and then you look from – Let's see. After that Pelicans game, they play the Grizzlies twice, who will more than likely be without John Morant. I don't think he's coming back anytime soon. Uh, and then they play the San Antonio Spurs and the Los Angeles Lakers after that. And then the Grizzlies again. I mean, this is really setting up nicely for the Mavs with this end-of-season schedule. And they've got to they've got to get it together and take advantage. I know the defense is a problem right now, but They've got enough offensive firepower that they should be able to get through this particular stretch. Um, and I could just I could keep going, Grant. I mean, the toughest game in this entire stretch, in my opinion, is going to be uh, that March twenty second game against the Golden State Warriors, and that one's played at home. Uh, and then after that, they play the Hornets. They've been awful on the road too. They're like the third worst road team in the league, right? <laughs> Yeah. they've had their struggles this year and they, they especially on the road and then after that they play the Hornets twice and they play the Pacers at Indiana that'll be a, that'll actually be a tough game because the Pacers always give the Mavs issues but uh really the toughest game I forgot that they played at Philadelphia on March 29th so that's that's going to be the toughest game for the rest of the month this is the very last day of the month uh when they play at Philadelphia so I mean the the Mavs they have a chance here they can they can really turn things around and you know everybody's worried about the play in right now but by the time April first rolls around uh, before they play in Miami there it, it could be a much different picture in the in the Western Conference standing so we'll see how it goes but Grant I appreciate you joining me this morning uh, is there anything else you want to say or plug before we take off here. Yeah, I think just uh, all the stuff that we do at DallasBasketball.com, we, you know, we've tried to hit a lot of stuff, um, you know, especially since Kyrie Irving has been traded there. And then, uh, you know, throughout the rest of the year and closer to the playoffs, um, you know, like how we normally have uh, some pretty detailed stuff, you know, each each game by game, uh, uh, series by series, all that stuff. Um, that'll be fun to put together again and, uh, you know, be able to, you know, check out what other people do on the site as well, too. Oh yeah, yeah. It's always always jumping. We we got a ton of pregame and postgame coverage and you know, really the pod. I mean, I've I've really tried to make it an effort this year to you know, I don't I don't really do a lot of postgame material for the pod. If I do, it's normally a day or two after, you know, something like that. But I've really tried to make an effort this year to uh to do stuff the at the very latest the following morning after a game. So uh but just all around, I, I think the the stuff we've done this year at DallasBasketball.com has been really incredible. It, nothing's been forced. It's all flowed really well. You know, we added uh, uh, Michael Mulford to our team, and, uh, you know, we got Lance back doing previews and Fish, he's pitching in every now and then with some really good pieces. So, I mean, overall, I think we've got some real, real good uh, chemistry brewing with what we've done, and I can't wait for the postseason because <clears> – <throat> And I mean, I'm going to knock on wood because if the Mavs miss the postseason after I say that, that would suck. But uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to uh, postseason basketball, and I hope that the Mavs can, uh, you know, kind of 
kind of light the the spark like they did last year because that I saw somebody say this the other day, Grant, that uh, you know the Mavs they don't really have a reliable center, uh, and that might not matter in the playoffs. <laughs> in the playoffs, maybe they can just ditch the center position there. But I, I think uh, I think we'll see a lot more Christian Wood in the postseason than than Powell. You know when it's said and done, but we'll we'll see how it goes. Grant, I appreciate it. Uh, guys, y'all go follow him at Grant Afseth on Twitter. If you're not already, I don't know what you're doing, but uh, I'd assume that if you're following me, you're probably following Grant too. So be sure to go do that. Uh, go give us a, a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts that automatically enters you for a chance to win future giveaways, whether it's you know a jersey giveaway or tickets or uh, – pod merchandise, anything of that nature. If you want to throw your name into the hat for that, uh, please go leave us a review there. Guys, we appreciate it. Hope you have a great rest of your Tuesday, and we will see you probably Thursday morning because it's going to be a busy day for me on Wednesday. Uh, I'm going to be traveling down to New Orleans, so I'll have a few pieces up on DallasBasketball.com, but for the pod, I'm not going to be able to Uh, record tomorrow so probably thursday morning before we come back on here uh guys appreciate it y'all have a great rest of your day we'll see you next time